Psalm 109. As we get going, can I have a volunteer, one person to turn to Deuteronomy 19, verses 16 to 19. I don't necessarily need you to read it. Um, okay, give me the first letter of your name again. Morgan. Got it. Uh, Deuteronomy 19, 16 to 19. And uh, you don't read it right now, just kind of keep your finger there because I'll have you read it in a little bit once we get to that section. Deuteronomy 19, verses 16 to 19. I'm going to read Psalm 109 and then we'll jump in. Do not keep silent, O God of my praise. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful have opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They have also surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. In return for my love, they are my accusers. But I give myself to prayer. Thus they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Set a wicked man over him and let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is judged, let him be found guilty, and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few, and let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless, and his wife a widow. Let his children continually be vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also from their desolate places. Let the creditor seize all that he has, and let strangers plunder his labor. Let there be none to extend mercy to him, nor let there be any to favor his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cast off, and in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be continually before the Lord, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. Because he did not remember to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy man, that he might even slay the broken in heart. As he loved cursing, so let it come to him. As he did not delight in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing, as with his garment, so let it enter his body like water and like oil into his bones. Let it be to him like the garment which covers him and for a belt with which he girds himself continually. Let this be the Lord's reward to my accusers and to those who speak evil against my person. But you, O God the Lord, deal with me for your mercy's sake, because your mercy is good. Deliver me, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I am gone like a shadow when it lengthens and I am shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting and my flesh is feeble from lack of fatness. I also have become a reproach to them. When they look at me, they shake their heads. Help me, O Lord my God. O save me according to your mercy that they may know that this is your hand. That you, Lord, have done it. Let them curse, but you bless. When they arise, let them be ashamed, but let your servant rejoice. 
Let my accusers be clothed with shame, and let them cover themselves with their own disgrace as with a mantle. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yes, I will praise him among the multitude, for he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save him from those who condemn him. Psalm 109, as you may have noticed, is an imprecatory psalm. The idea of imprecatory is, it's really a word that means to to curse. It is a psalm in which the psalmist is, is praying for these things to come down on his enemies. And really this psalm can be divided into three distinct parts. First, it starts with an appeal to God in verses 1 to 5, where the psalmist really brings this before the Lord and explains his circumstances. And then verses 6 to 20 dives into the heart of the psalmist, this this cry for justice. And then finally, a final appeal to God in verses 21 to 31. The setting of this psalm is really kind of in a courtroom. We don't know the historical setting. There's no clue giving into this psalm into what specific instance in David's life this is uh, written around. But the setting of the psalm is in a courtroom. In fact, you see that kind of at the beginning. Do not keep silent, O God of my praise, for the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful have opened against me. Charges have been levied against me, so come to my defense, Lord. Don't keep silent, but speak up. We even see that in the, psalm, the very last verse of the psalm, where the psalmist states, even with confidence, he shall stand at the right hand of the poor. The Lord will stand at my side. He will defend me. So the setting here is kind of the idea of a, a courtroom, where the psalmist is coming before he has been accused, and his accusers stand in the very room. And the judges are sitting there. And they bring their case. And so he starts out with this appeal to the Lord. Don't keep silent. They have opened against me. They have levied these charges. They've spoken against me with a lying tongue. These charges are not true. I am innocent. I am righteous in this. In fact, not not only is the psalmist righteous in this, but note even what verses 3, 3, 4, and 5 say. They've surrounded me with words of hatred. They fought against me without a cause. Well, who are these people? Surely these these are enemies of David, right? People who've been against him, and they've just been at odds their entire life. That's not what it says. Verse 4, in return for my love, they are my accusers. Verse 5, Thus they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Whoever these people are, they are people that that David has loved and he's poured into. He has done good for them. Yet they've turned on him. They've accused him falsely. They have lied about him. It's one of the beauty of the psalms I, I, I love the psalms that the psalms really give 
language to so many of the things that we feel on the inside, so many of the things that we go through. The Psalms give language to that. All throughout the Psalms, David and other psalmists are going through persecution of different kinds. Sometimes it is physical, and yet we come to Psalm 109, and here, they've been lied about. Those that they love have turned against them. You can put yourself in this situation. You can imagine, maybe you've been there before, where someone you love has turned against you. Someone that you have poured into, you have cared for, has lied about you, betrayed you. It cuts you right to your very soul. And yet notice how David responds. Even as he is bringing this to the Lord, they have done this to me, but I give myself to prayer. Literally, the language here is, I am all prayer. I am all prayer. It's tempting. When people are lying about you, when people are betraying you, when they are going behind your back. It's tempting to respond in like manner. To try to take care of it yourself. And yet David here, I give myself to prayer. I give myself to prayer. Why? Why? Because I believe that my God is great. Because I believe that he can do something about this. Because I believe that he sees me, that he knows what I'm going through. Because I believe that he is great and he is good. You see, if David didn't believe those things, he would take care of this himself, right? He's the king. But I give myself to prayer. That is the right way to respond to things like this, to things that rise up in our life. We so often want to fix things ourselves, right? We like to do that. We like to take care of things ourselves. But turn first to prayer. Let the Lord handle it. In fact, as you turn to verses 6 to 20, it's almost... It's almost shocking some of the things that David says here. And yet even as you work your way through that passage, you have to remember that even as David is saying these things, even as he is pouring out his heart to the Lord, he's not taking this into his own hands. He's leaving it to the Lord. And so you come to verse 6. A cry for justice, set a wicked man over him, and let an accuser stand at his right hand. Again, this takes us back to the idea of being in a courtroom setting. Even as we saw in verse 31, the Lord is standing at David's side. The Lord is defending David. And and David's prayer here is, let someone just as wicked as this person be the one defending him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. Maybe even the devil himself. Really, David's prayer throughout all of this is let let justice roll down. Let 
Now it's interesting as you, as you come to these verses, the imprecatory part of this psalm. And as you read through there, it's difficult to imagine a righteous man saying these things. It's difficult to imagine a man after God's own heart praying these things about someone else. In fact, many commentators struggle with that. Many theologians struggle with that. What's going on here? It's kind of hard to to understand, but but even as you look at the psalm, you can notice in verses 1 to 5, it's all they. It's plural. But when you get to verses 6 to 20, it turns to singular. So some have said, well, maybe the answer here, maybe verses 6 to 20 is not... David's prayer, maybe this is the accusation that has been brought against David. So David is praying, this is what has happened, God. And then in verses 6 to 20, he says, and this is the accusation that they've brought against me. So it's as if he's, he's putting himself in their place. This is what they're saying. And I think there's something to that. But this is where Deuteronomy 19, verses 16 to 19 comes in. And so, Morgan, if you could please read that. Deuteronomy 19, verses 16 to 19. All right, so that last part there, then you shall do to him as he thought to have done to his brother. So you shall put away the evil from among you. So I think what we see here in verses 6 to 20 is not a vindictive or hateful heart inside of David. Rather, what we see is a man living under the law, turning to the law. Crying out for justice to be done as God has laid forth justice to be done. We know from the law itself, Exodus 20.16, I shall not bear false witness. Exodus 23.1, again speaking of false witness. Proverbs 19.5 and 9, speaking of the fact that those who bear false witness will not get away with it. They will face judgment. Even here in Deuteronomy 19, verses 16 to 19, what is that judgment? That judgment is the very thing that they are lying about shall be done to them. And so I think as you turn your attention to to, to Psalm 109, verses 6 to 20, maybe it is that these are the charges that have been brought against David, the untrue charges that have been brought against David. And David here is, according to the law, flipping them on their head and saying, no, this is unjust. You're lying about me. Therefore, may this be done to you. It's not flowing out of vindictiveness. It's not flowing out of a heart of hate. It's flowing out of a love of justice. So that's what you see here. In essence, their curse on David being turned against them. 
Set a wicked man over him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is judged, let him be found guilty and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few and let another take his office. Interestingly enough, Psalm 109.8, along with Psalm 69.25, is quoted in Acts 1.20. As Peter and the apostles are trying to, to pick a new apostle to take the place of Judas. He is a wicked man, let another take his office, Peter says there in Acts 1.20. And again, it's just a reminder. If you have ever known betrayal, you're not the only one. David knew betrayal. Jesus knew betrayal. And yet God remained faithful. So David pours out this imprecatory prayer. Let this happen from not just this generation, but even to the next generation. Let his name be wiped out. Let their sins come before the Lord. Because they didn't show mercy. Because they love cursing. They love violence. Let them wear that hate, that love of wickedness. As you come to verses 21 to the end of the psalm, verse 31, David here turns his heart back to an appeal to God. Leaving it all in the hands of the Lord. You, O God, the Lord, deal with me for your name's sake, because your mercy is good. Deliver me. I am poor and needy. My heart is wounded within me. I have gone like a shadow when it lengthens. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting. My flesh is feeble from lack of fatness. I mean, this is a man who is worn down to the very bone. These are not just accusations that are whispered here and there. I mean, these have cut to his very core. I've become a reproach to them. When they look at me, they shake their heads. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me according to your mercy. To what end? That they may know that this is your hand, that you, Lord, have done it. (coughs) Again, even in this, David's motivation is not, you know, just rain down on them, God, because they deserve it so that you may get the glory. That they may know that you, the Lord, have done it. That you, the Lord, are a God of justice and your God of mercy. A God of justice and mercy. Let their curse be turned on them. And though they curse me, Lord, bless me. Let them be ashamed. But as for me, I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. I will praise him among the multitude, for he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save him from those who condemn him. Again, taking us back to this courtroom where the Lord is standing there at David's side defending him.
So here we find a man who is worn down, who is broken. A man who has been lied about. And he responds by turning in faith to the Lord, by praying. He responds, and even as verse 30 says, I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. I will praise him among the multitude. It's interesting there in verse 30, it ends with a proclamation, I will do this, I will praise. And yet by verse 30, the Lord hasn't answered his prayer yet. He's still standing in the courtroom. It's not that he's been let off. It's not that his accusers have recounted. It's not that they have left. It's not that the Lord has brought justice yet. He's still standing there in the very courtroom, and yet he says, I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. I will praise him among the multitude, because I know that he will stand at the right hand of the poor to save him from those who condemn him. I know he will save me. Even before he has, he speaks in faith, even as he pours out his heart to the Lord. I know that you will do this, for you are faithful. So, brothers and sisters, even maybe some of you have known betrayal or been lied about. And it feels unjust, it is not fair. You want to have the opportunity to defend yourself. But start with prayer. Even as David says in verse 4, I am all prayer. Can that be said of you? Really, in anything in life, I am all prayer. Let that be our posture. It's really the posture of faith. I am all prayer. Because I really believe that my God will do what he has said he will do. Therefore, I will praise him with my mouth. Even now, before he has reacted, I will praise him among the multitude. Even now, before I have been, the truth has come out. Because I know that he will stand at the right hand of the poor. I know that the Lord is on my side. So I will give myself to prayer, and I will praise the Lord. May that be our response.